so happy you're here with us this morning. It's so good to see you, see some new faces we haven't seen in a long time, but we're so glad that you're here with us this morning here at Linden Alliance. Um, for those who are watching online, we also welcome you, and uh, we are glad that you're watching with us online and follow us through Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and whatever. We just want to make this easier for you to connect. And, um, you know, in the last almost two months, in October, we start this sermon series on Colossians. And we're almost done. We're almost done. And hopefully next week, uh, adios, Colossians. And uh, we're going to start uh, our, our sermon series for Christmas. I can't believe Christmas is coming. And I, I've been praying for that, how we're going to do the Advent. And I, I, I think I got it. And, and, and we're going to start a new sermon series in December. It's going to be called, It Just Don't Feel Like Christmas. I know. And I think of a friend on this title who, who is a Christmas lover. And for her, Christmas will be every day. I'm pretty sure she lived a Christmas tree. So when I was thinking about this, I'm thinking, she's going to hate me. It just don't feel like Christmas. So, yeah. We're going to talk about that in December, but right now we're going to go back in Colossians. And um, we've been saying that um, Paul brought this letter to the church in Colossae, and he's in jail. This is a church he never visited before, um, and, uh, and the church is struggling in, in many areas. And um, trying to stay strong under a, a lot of cultural pressure, trying to stay strong about how they should live their faith. But Paul is actually really excited about how the church is behaving and, and their faith in Christ. And he gets excited about their hope, about their love and, and, and to Jesus. So then it starts to continue. And I have said in the very early stage of this sermon series, uh, it's like Paul talked like my sister. Yes, uh, my, my sister doesn't speak English, so I can say whatever I want right now. So, so Paul talked like my sister. If you, I hope one day you can have the chance to meet my, 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 one of my sisters, and she has this ability when you talk to her, she go from one topic to another topic in, in just minutes. So you start to talk about weather and, and switch right away about the government and, and then switch right away about the family issues. And then it's like everything stuck together. So Paul is doing like this in Colossians. He's talking, he's jumping from one topic after another one and another and another one. But he wants to make sure that it doesn't matter what the topic is, the center of the attention of our, our topics have to be Jesus. And because it's Jesus, we should respond in different ways. So he's making sure, Colossus Church, understand that you don't have to do anything, anything for your salvation. Jesus did everything for you. There's no word, nothing to be added to this gospel of salvation, this gospel of good news. The gospel of love of Jesus. Jesus did everything. And the gospel, so don't worry. And then in chapter 3, last week, he started making this sense. Now you start believing in Christ. Now you sh we should fix our eyes in Jesus. And also we should think also what God, we talk about how 
is power in our thoughts, in our, how we, we think and how we process. We have the ability to move on or really get stuck in our life because our minds many times get stuck. You can watch that sermon again on YouTube and you can go back and experience that sermon too. But today Paul is addressing something completely different. Well, today in my sermon, but actually it was the same, same part in what he's writing. Since now you are a new believer, since now your life is in Christ, now this is the way how we should live our Christian life. And I want to make sure when I say this, I will not say, I'm not saying this, we should live the Christian life from a, a place that we are better than everyone else. No, this is this, what people should see in us when we live our Christian life. And Paul described this like uh, putting on clothes. It's like, and I was thinking, it's like going to um, um, your uh, closet and try to figure out why you're going to wear today. Probably today, when you wake up, um, you put some thoughts. <laughs> and what are you going to wear? Some of you put a lot of thoughts, you know, and some of you put no thoughts. But you're dressed, and we praise God for that. <laughs> you know, but we spend time. We have clothes we use for go to work. We will have clothes with the, we, when it's time to, for clean. Uh, and, and if it's a job that is, we're gonna, it's going to be very dirty, we don't use our best clothes. We use whatever is the worst. Um, if we go to a wedding, we use some type of clothes. If we go to um, a concert, we go to a different clothes. I went to the Canada game on Tuesday, and it was cold. And I was thinking about this sermon because, uh, man, I'm wearing a lot of clothes because it was cold. So I, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm dressed appropriate for not the soccer game itself. Who cares about that? For the cold. And Paul is actually saying this, we should be dressed ourselves, taking this analogy, dress ourselves with the clothes of Jesus rather than our old self. So we're going to start in Colossians 3, uh, verse 5, and we're going to continue. And there's going to be a lot of here, so we're going to try to go very as fast as we can. Colossians 3, verse 5 say, So put the dead... So put to death the sinful, the early things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idler, worshiping of the things of this world. Because of the sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of, of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your all sinful nature and all these wicked deeds. Like I say, we're going to stop there. I'm not saying this from the stand like, I am better than you. Paul is making this stand before Jesus. This, you... you it was very common for you to do all this stuff. And, and, and we think, 
Like I say many times, I think my life before Jesus, yes, a lot of that stuff. Check, check, check. But sometimes we say this now, I have Jesus, I will never struggle with this stuff in, again. And that's not true. We do struggle with this. Because it's part of our nature, our sinful nature. But the struggle of our Christian land, because we are a new creation in him. And we have to remember what Paul was saying in the verses before. Before Jesus, you, we do all this. But there's a moment in our lives. There's an exact moment in our life that we can describe when we see the light. It's a moment in our life that we are confronted with our sin. And we say, Jesus, I need you. And Jesus come in that moment and remind you, I have died for you for all your sin. We can feel as the worst human beings in the whole world, in the galaxy, in the universe, there's nobody worse than us. And that could be true. But what Jesus does in that moment is remind us that you are worth it. That you are everything. And that you are, and you and I, and that's just I, and the reason that he died for in the cross. So we have to remember this. In the, in the church of Colossus, it's a struggle with behaviors here. Don't go back to your old ways. But get rather of the action, move to the feelings. What is stuff that still is there is, is, are in your heart. And he make a list. I hate this list because I still struggle with this. Because Paul's saying now it's time to get rid of, of anger, malicious behavior, land and dirty language. See, when it comes to dirty language, like Bible say, or bad language, it's not like a, I'm walking in the world swearing all the time. But once upon a time, I was working on a roof in Chile. And I had this metal, it's a metal roof, and so I had to put a nail. I, went, I, nail, I have a nail there next to me. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I put the nail, and the elder said, oh, you should, you should use some pliers just in case. Ah, I said, don't worry. I, I, I got this. And, and I put it there. I grabbed my hammer. And the wind, I don't know what it was. I missed. You know what it was the first thing I wanted to say? You know. I'm not going to say it. It's Sunday. Come on, people. <laughs> And so I go, and the elder next to me say, don't say it. <laughs> Praise him. <laughs> and I'm like, don't say it. Praise him. And I just turn. I go, hallelujah. <laughs> but it's something really hard. I, in, in my whole life, I used to swear so much. Every word was a swear word, and, and now he said, I should get rid of that. That is something hard to change. And maybe in the list is probably one of the easiest, but what about anger? 
And I have told you many times how much I struggle with anger, with there's specific things that push my buttons. And, and I, I go very far away from God rather than getting closer. And you can think about this list. And Paul said, you have to get rid of, put away that. Put away, put it, kill it, in other words. And this has something to do with our behavior. It's not something that we go, okay, today I'm, I'm going to be a happy person. And everyone around you is been, uh, making a mess about everything. And you know I choose to be happy. In one point you're going to break. In one point the words are going to come out. It's in those moments when we fix our behavior. When Paul saying a few verses before, fix your eyes in Jesus. Think the way, change the way how you're thinking. Don't think like the old you. Now there is a new you. It's a, there is a new Jorge. The old Jorge has died and died spiritually. Not physical death. That's what Paul is referring in chapter 2 and verse, in chapter 3. The old you have died. The sinful you have died. Now there is a new you. They have to be retrained with the new behavior. Retrained. So put, put it down. Change that behavior. Change that. And Paul talked about in this area like a like a soldier. Paul, if you, if you study about the life of Paul, Paul is a guy who didn't have the best testimony either about his past. He used to persecute Christians. He used to kill some of them. He would put in the jail, and he was very passionate about that. Until one point, he had an encounter with Jesus, and his life changed. So he's, he's referring this idea that we have to put this armor. And again, I'm wearing my regular clothes, but now I'm going to put this armor. So put on this clothes. And he go with this analogy. And we go to chapter 3, verse 10. So now that you have, you're dealing with all this stuff, now shoes. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And this new life, it doesn't matter. Put attention to this, please. It doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or uncivilized, Chileans, slave, sorry, or free, slave or free. What does he say? Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. And since God chose you to be holy people, he loves you. You must clothe yourself with tender heart and mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's other's faults. Oh, this is a hard one. Make allowance for each other's other fault and forgive anyone. This is a hard one, especially now. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, remember 
The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart, for as members of the one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ, again, what is going to unite us? Let the message of, about Christ in all this richness fill your lives. I will stop there. What is our fill in our lives right now? It is the message of Christ filling our lives. Because if it's the message of Christ filling our lives, our response, it should be completely different. Whatever I fill my life is what it's going to explore. So, for example, politics. If I fill my life with politics, everything that I see will be politics. If I, fix my, I fill my life with food, well, you know what I mean, Everything will be, we try to see food everywhere. If we feed our life with the sport, then everything is about sport. What is, what is filling our life? It's anger or frustration. Paul is saying, don't worry. Fill your life with the message of Christ. The message of Christ. That is what really, but, and then he goes, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Christ is all a matter. So what are we dressing ourselves See, we can be a church that only work patience. We're the most patient church in the whole wide world. Trust us. But if we don't work with mercy, we just become the church of patience. In our body, we have people, some of you, that are very patient. Thank God. And others are very merciful. And others are very kind. But it's not like... A church itself that we work separate. There's something that glue us all together. When we talk about division, and yes, we live in right now in a very divided world. Not just because of COVID. We've always been divided by so many things going on. But there's something that got to put us together as a believer. is the message. Of Jesus, as soon we move away from the center of the message of Jesus, divisions start to come to the church. Divisions start to come to our families. Divisions start to come to our friendship. As soon we move away, what actually really matters? What is really matters? Is Jesus. Paul is saying there in the mess of the a, a big chaos and and in the empire. Where there's a lot of oppression, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's address yourself with love. With love. And it's, trust me when I say this, it's really hard to love when we don't agree. <laughs> it's really hard to love and show kindness when things are not going well at home. But this is an action. It's not like, now, Jesus, I'm dressing with love, so I should be good for the rest of my life. 
and I'm a believer, so I'm going to walk, love everyone, everyone I'm going to love. No, no, this is an action. This is practice. So when people see us and see me and see you, what do they see? Well, I'm a pretty happy guy. I always try to be there. So, yes, I'm, uh, this guy is pretty happy. He's pretty cool. And I go over there. No, Jorge is good. But, okay, I'm good in there. But my family, the people that I love, people who is close to me, what they, they see, they see Jesus working in my life. And I have to say, we all here, all of us, and those who are listening, we have this challenge we need to be more like Jesus every single moment of our lives because we, when something happens, we have the tendency to go back to our old behaviors. It's our nature. But Paul says, remember to dress yourself intentionally every single moment. I, I'm adding that part. Every single moment with kindness and patience and love and the harmony. The harmony they will put all together. I was talking with Paggy about this because I don't know nothing about music. And it's cool when you have somebody who sing one voice and you know it's all good, but when you have two, three, four, five voices, voices and doing everything different, one voice by itself might, might sound flat to you. Like, not, no, well, I don't like that. It's too high. I like it lower. I don't know. I, you start to look for stuff. No, I like this style. But it's so beautiful when all the voices collaborate together. And they live in harmony. See, church, this is a challenge for us as a Linden Alliance. What type of church we want to be? What type of church we want to be? I know God has called you in many areas in your life, and you're good at it. And I, when I hear about you, oh, you're so good at it. You're good at serving. You're good at, 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 at kindness. When somebody is hurting, we get together and we figure out this stuff. But what is going to glue us together? It's not because we are a church, Linden Alliance, and you come here every Sunday and you have to listen to me, and, and we, this is what we do on Sunday. Well, I have to listen to you. It's not that I have an option. <laughs> well, you do have an option. But why we do this? In church, I, please, I want to be clear. I might send you an email if, if you don't understand my accent. <laughs> but I want to be clear. There's something that have to be unite us all it's not just because we are a church or we are a denomination. It's not because we sit here all together in this warm room. It's not because our traditional views or our conservative views, how that is not the point of the message. The message has to be Jesus. There's something that glue us together that we can function as a church. It's not how mercy we show to our community. It's because we love Jesus. Therefore, we show mercy. It's not mercy for then Jesus. It is, that is something that has to be what matters in us as a church. The message of Jesus. Then we live in that harmony 
than we, where we need to be. But as soon as we put Jesus away from the center of the church, problems is going to arise. This is something that I personally really struggle because many times in my life, I put Jesus away and try to do it my way. In my way, I think is the way. I wish everyone do it my way. If everyone do it my way, there will be no war in this world. If everyone be doing this way, ah, it will be peace and joy. But the Jesus way seems conflicted. The Jesus way seems like I have to work really hard, get rid of anger. No, 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 no. I have to do this. And knowing that, it will bring us together, together and we should experience expose ourselves in relationship in our community. Now, and come, Paul moved from the social aspect to the family aspect. And Paul continues. Pay attention to this. I love this. Wives, <laughs> submit to your husbands as it's fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents. For this, please the Lord. That's what we say to our kids. Children, always obey. But fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will, be, will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your early master in everything you do. Again, try to remember context here, Okay. Obey, obey your masters. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because you are reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as through you work for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you inheritance as your reward. And then the master your servant is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, what will pay back for the wrong you have done? For God has no favorite. You know this, I was talking to Pastor Joe, and I said this is, I find it very interesting to read this with the mind of the 21st century. A lot of people will, especially women, will fight, we have to be equal. You need, you need to understand context here. There's a few important words when uh, Paul is saying, wives, submit to your husband. Over there we say, yeah. But the next part, as fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Th that is the key part there. And this is, it's not the submission, it's like, well, where's my wife? <laughs> okay. It's like, <laughs> I need to be careful here. <laughs> <laughs> she's in the nursery. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I like, but she's listening. Uh, but it's not like, wife, you should do this. You need to submit. You know, that is called abusive in, in the religious way. This is why many women in the, in the religion aspect, they stay in the marriage and stay in an abusive relationship. And I would want to say this very clear. If you're struggling in your marriage and you are in an abusive relationship, Call the authorities. Ask for help. 
Call your friend. If you don't know what to say, what to do, call someone. Call us. We want to help you. We don't want you to walk through this alone. Submission happened because we are acting like Jesus. Not because acting like ourselves. When we act like Jesus with kindness and mercy and love and patience, yes, it's easy to submit because I will treat you how you deserve. Paul saying in Ephesians, say you should treat your wife how Jesus treat the church. Okay. We make a lot of mistakes as a church and over and over, in a very overwhelming wave, Jesus continues to forgive us, to give us a chance to move. In that sense, when we as a husband, we are submitted to God, in the same way we're going to treat our wife in the same way, with love, patience. This is nothing to do with a power thing. I rule in my house. I said to the lady the other day in the lodge, Oh, you're here. Say, yeah, how's your wife? Good. You know, it got to be you're the pastor. We started to talk. And I said, yeah, yeah, in my house, I'm, I, I, I'm the head of the house. And I stand there and look. I'm the head of the house. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, here we go. Can I can see her face. Say, yeah, but my wife is the neck. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I get it. Oh, that's funny. Say. Yes, because we have this, we work together. It's not like, you should do whatever I do. This, this is not a power. And the same goes with our kids. We love our kids. We want the best of our kids, especially when they're more patient, when they become teenagers, <laughs> working on that. And, and, but again, what should we go through us? Not the anger or frustration of the moment. Is what are we dressing ourselves? So again, when we are... If you're married, you have an argument in your family, you're fighting. Remember, dress yourself with patience and love. This is something I'm really working. I'm not here, like say, I got this figured out. I messed up so many times in my marriage. One of the most stupid things I ever done. <laughs> I say stupid because it was really stupid. I, we, my wife was reading a book about this passage, why submit you, how, why submit, and we're having this fight, and big, big fight, and we disagree in something, and we, our, our marriage was struggling at the time. Um, we, we wanted to separate each other. We, our marriage was a mess. I can tell you more about that another time. I, I was a mess in every single way you can imagine. So Mandy's trying to figure out how we can work it out better. So she's reading this book. And I said, I'm not going to read that book. And we start to argue. You know what I say? In the, <laughs> I say, go and read your book. And I throw it. As the book is going over there, I'm like, I'm dead. And I was dead. She gave me the evil look that I only have seen twice. And I wish I had never seen that look again. And she gave me the look. She didn't say anything. And she walked away. I always remember that. <laughs> 
for me, was the worst, one of the worst moments. There's so much context to, to this. But I act totally opposite of what Paul is saying. I was acting more like my old behavior, where we will fight. But what I want my wife to see in me, as a believer, I want her to see Jesus. What I want my son and my, my, my kids to see in me, I want them to see Jesus. And I ask them, do you see Jesus in your dad every day? Uh-uh. That's not a yes. Yes, my dad is like Jesus. No, no. They will not say to ask them. And you're probably going to find out pretty nasty stuff about me. But this is what we as a believer, we don't stand here better than everyone else. We stand here because we work hard, even though saying the word work is because it's not by work, but we work in our life. I don't know how to say them. I need to learn more English words. We, we work really hard to look more like him and move away from my behavior. So I want to finish with this. What clothes are you using? And I'm not talking about this physical clothes or what brands are you using. I'm talking are you dressed in anger? When you think about everything's going on and people who disagree with you and have different views than you, independent of what their view, that's not my point. What are people thinking of you? When we talk to our wives, our, our bosses, or the people in our life, our social, what people are seeing in us? And I have to say, we do have a challenge here. We do something we can work together because we're not better than everyone else. Trust me, we are not. But we move here so we want to be more like him. We want to be more like Jesus. And this will reflect in our houses, in our marriages, with our kids, with our bosses. It will reflect in our society, in our community. Sometime, I remember being in my town in Chile, and there was one lady, she would come to church every single time, but there was a reputation. Nobody liked her. And so when people say, oh, you go to church? What church? This one. Oh, mm. So, again, we can criticize all we want, and that's okay, and that's part of who we are. But again, with what glasses we want to see the world? I wear glasses. Glasses are important for me. If you have glasses, you're more spiritual than everyone. <laughs> but if I take out my glasses, one, I look very ugly. And the other one, I cannot see. If I wear these glasses, I can see your faces. If I wear my sunglasses, the sunglasses will help me in a different environment. We have glasses that we see for the world, and we see families, and it depends who we're going to talk. It's the glasses we put. We should wear one glass only, and the glasses we should be wearing is the glasses of Jesus. When we put Jesus in our heart and we make it first in our life, Everything is better. We, choose, we start to see the worst of the moment with hope. Not because we want to fix it, because it's Jesus is all that matters. 
Jesus is everything that matters. Who cares about the rest? Jesus is all that matters. What it matters is Jesus. We're going to do uh, youth. What it matters is Jesus. We're going to do youth uh, at Sunday school. What it matters is Jesus. We're going to do our service. What it really matters is how the church are looking. No, it's Jesus. We're going to preach. What really matters is the topic. No, it's Jesus. What, we're going to do whatever. We're going to go to work. What it really matters is Jesus. I'm going to go to my, my, uh, my doctor. What it really matters matter is Jesus. Jesus is all that matters. If we are communicating this message, we will be great. We will see the world with the better eyes. We'll see our marriage with better eyes. We'll see our personal life with better eyes just because Jesus is in the center. Let's pray. Father, I just want to pray that you help us to wear these clothes of kindness and love and patience, uh, compassion, and get rid of the other stuff, angers and bad thoughts and uh, bad behavior and so on, God. We, we really need you. Many times in our life, we don't know how to do this. We, we need you, Jesus. So I pray that you can make a way for us you can remind us every day in our devotionals and when we do stuff that you are what actually really matters and that we cannot move away from this. You, God, is what really matters in our lives. So we honor you. We bless you. Help us to work in our relationships. Help us to work in how people see us from our imperfection. Some people say, I see you're trying so hard. Why you do this? <laughs> the people can see that you are what is ignite our life to be more like you. We don't want to just be good to get all the cheers from everyone. We want to be like you because <laughs> it's the best way to live. God, help us to move on. Help us to be strong when temptation comes. Help us when we are surrounded by anger and all the other stuff and we don't know what to do, that we have the strength to be more like you. Lead us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We move our, our prayer meetings for Wednesdays in the morning at 7 in the morning uh, to 8. So you join us for prayer meetings. If you cannot come at 7, come at 4.30. You know, this is a perfect time when we talk about unity, that we pray together. Whatever the prayer is, everything go, Jesus, we need you. <laughs> In the end, we need you. So come and join us for prayer. Um, uh, there's no youth tomorrow, but the following week, there's youth. So uh, our youth is happening every other week or every other Monday. Uh, Am I right, Lisa? Okay. And um, yes, I'm right. <laughs> Where's my wife? <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and so we're going to move. I was, I was, we received an email this week. And uh, I want to uh, celebrate Jim um, uh, and Barb Bauer. They're not here, but you can send them a text. They celebrate their 40th anniversary. Yes. So... Make sure 
It's today's their anniversary, so make sure you send them a, a text if you and say, "Hey, happy anniversary!" Yes, look at Jim. I, I love that picture. <laughs> and they send us a lot of pictures, so make sure that that, that you celebrate with them. That uh, uh, you say uh, you pray with them and and be happy for this accomplishment of 40 years of, of marriage. Ask them what is the secret. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, you know, a lot of you have been celebrating. You know, again, if we make our life about Jesus, everything will be so different. Everything will be so much gooder, <laughs> so much better if we put Jesus in the center of everything. Have an amazing uh, Sunday, amazing week. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday here at 10 in the morning. Take care, church. Bye-bye.